right, so for those of you who do not know me, my name is Luke Hart. Um, I serve in different areas of the church. Uh, one is call to worship, or kind of this right here. Uh, another one is security. Um, I work in the sound booth every once in a while. So if you would like to volunteer, that's something that's on your heart. Uh, we would love to have you. Um, if you see anybody with a name tag, or if you stop at the Welcome Center, um, they could find a spot for you. That's right. Um, would you all please stand with me? We're going to be reading from Judges chapter 6. We're going to do verses 11 through 16, and then we're going to jump to 25 through 27. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has this all happened to us? And where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with strength, or go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Then the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. That night the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's altar, altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord, your God here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully. Sacrifice the bull as a burnt offer offering on the altar, using as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded. But he did it at the night because he was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. Amen. Everybody give it up for Luke. He had some tough words he had to read there. <laughs> some good Old Testament names, absolutely. The I gave him a doozy this morning. Um, we're, we're starting today a series that's just simply called Taking Ground, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Your pastor is super giddy for this series. Like, my adrenaline level is up, okay? I'm, I'm really pumped because I believe that this year, 2023, God has something in store for your life. I believe that this is a year that is meant to be a year that you will look back on for the rest of your life and you're gonna remember the things that God has done and the things that you prayed for and you asked for and believed and, and, and went forward for for the kingdom of God. For you, for your family, but also for us as a church. I believe this is a year where God is calling us to take ground. So you're gonna, the next four weeks, we're gonna be in this series, Taking Ground. I'm gonna encourage you, if at all possible, try to get here. Um, we're gonna do some um, awesome stories in scripture and see what does it look like for us to be people who are stepping forward in what God has called us to do. And bring someone with you and challenge you. Find someone that you know, hey, in their life right now, they're, they're praying and believing and asking God to do something. Get them here because we really are believing for God to help us as we take ground this year. Um, we believe that God's done some amazing things in our church. And we're going to see that here in just a second. But we, we, we also know that he's not done with us yet. And so um, I, I want to pray over us, and then um, we're going to dive right into it. So, Father, we come before you. Lord, we ask 
we pray, we invite that your presence would be here today. And Jesus, we, we ask that you would do a work inside us like never before. God, I'm asking that every person in the sound of my voice in the room today, that you, you would not allow them to leave here as the person they were when they walked in. The things that you're going to call them to and to, to do, that there would be a courage that would rise up in their heart. Say, God, I believe, and I want to step into everything you're calling me to do. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. I want to give you one more bit of um, announcements uh, before we dive into the message today. We have an Ignite Night coming up, and if you're like, Pastor, what's Ignite Night? That's cool. You wouldn't know because we've never had one. Um, Ignite Nights are going to be a series of nights we do this coming year that are going to give us the space to really just spend time in worship, in prayer, in pursuit of the presence of God. So we're going to have opportunity to just spend some time around the altars to pray, seek his face, to pray for healing, to pray for addictions to be broken, to pray for all kinds of stuff. And so um, I'm very excited for this. Our very first one's going to be coming up on Sunday, February 5th from 6 to 7.30. Um, so it'll be a shortened message, probably about 15, 20 minutes, and the rest of it's going to be spent just seeking the face of God. So I would really encourage you, if at all possible, to make it out to one of these. I want to start this morning by talking about taking ground. Um, there's certain things that have happened in your life. There's, there's turning points. There's moments in your life where everything changed. There's moments in your life where, like, you um, made this decision or something happened. I, I think back to, like, whenever you got your first driver's license, right? After that moment, everything about your life changed. Or maybe you looked across from someone and said, I do. Or there, there's these significant moments where it's a turning point, that everything that came after that was different. But we also have those spiritually. I think about the moment whenever you accepted Jesus as your Savior. But then there's other ones too where you've heard or you've witnessed the sweet voice of his Holy Spirit doing maybe one of two things, calling you either to repentance, saying, hey, I love you too much for you to just continue to hold on to that pain to hold on to that brokenness. I love you too much to leave it unaddressed. We need to deal with it. Or the sweet voice of the Holy Spirit that goes, I love you so much, I've got this in store for you. And part of us is like, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> that seems a little scary, God. Like, I, I don't know. Like, often, more times than not, whenever God starts to speak to you about what he's calling you to do, there's a part of hesitancy in you that goes, I just don't know. We're believing this is a year of taking ground. Of, of seeing turning points of change. And so I want to show you just a, a brief clip because not just for you, not just for your family, but in our church, we're really believing that this is going to be a year that God's going to do some amazing things. And so as we start with that, though, I want us to first remember all that he has done. This is a clip that we showed at our annual business meeting last week, but I want to show you it's a recap from last year.
know what I think every time I see that video? I need to pray for our children's workers a lot more. <laughs> they got their work cut out for them. Last year, we saw God do some absolutely amazing things in our midst. We saw 27 different people either accept Jesus or rededicate their heart to him. And we're praying that this is a year where we're seeing even more of that, where God just changes hearts and lives. So I want to start this morning with a series by looking at what happens before the battle determines the battle. What happens before the battle determines the battle? How you pack, how you prepare matters, right? Like if you bring a knife to a gunfight, you're in, pro- you're in trouble. You didn't pack the right thing. You didn't prepare. You didn't, you didn't do what you needed to do ahead of time. We see this throughout scripture is that as Jesus is getting ready to go into ministry, the Holy Spirit actually drives him into the wilderness for a time of praying and preparation where he spends it in the presence of the Father where he's fasting and he's praying because he knows that what's coming is so important he's got to prepare for it. We see this often all throughout scripture where what we do before that moment really does matter. And we're going to see that today from the story of three different individuals, of Moses, of Elijah, but also of Gideon from what we read in the text today. Each one of these were men that God spoke and he's like, hey, there's something specific I'm calling you to. But just like them, each one of us, when God kind of does that in our own life, our own life, we're like, eh, I've got, God, I'm, I'm kind of scared or I'm, I'm not really sure that I can do that or I'm, I don't feel really prepared. See, what happens before the battle really does determine the battle. Jesus, when he looked at his disciples and he said, come follow me, and when he still does that to this day, that was more than just a sentence. It was a challenge for them and for us to make a choice. For those early disciples, Peter, James, and John, he said, come follow me, and they had to lay down their nets to follow him. See, this is the truth I want us to grasp today is that what they left behind was just as key as what they were following. What we choose to leave behind is just as important as choosing to follow. I think of Jesus with the rich young ruler. He looks at him and he says, come follow me. But instead, he left the presence of Jesus and he returned to what he had because he was rich and he didn't want to give up everything. He missed out on one of the greatest calls ever because of his many, many possessions. See, what happens before the battle determines? And so... If we're going to do that, we need to first deal with our baggage. I want you to think whenever you're planning a trip, when you're getting ready to go, um, there's a lot that goes into it, right? You, you got to start planning on what you're going to pack. I was a youth pastor for 14 years. Let me tell you something, ladies. No one can pack like a 16-year-old girl. I'm just being honest. It's like a two-night stay over the course of like an entire retreat, and their packing looks something like this. Right? I'm like, we're going on an overnight excursion. And the ladies would like show up and I'm like, what are you, like, is your dog packed in there? Like, are you bringing everything from your room? And they're like, just the essentials. Just the essentials, Pastor Josh. Like, you know, and you're like, how can you carry all of this? Right? 
Let's just be honest real quick in the room. How many of you are that packer? And when I say that packer, you're the person that like multiple days in advance, it's organized, it's categorized, like there's whole sections, like your socks are rolled up in a specific unique way, the clothes are rolled, you know what I mean? How many of you are that person? Thank you. Thank you. You're like me. The rest of you, I don't understand the chaos you live in. Um, <laughs> like I, I know people, it's like they're leaving like a day later and they're just like, throw everything in there, you can. You, know? you, you typically have one to two different types of packers. Like, like there's the person that for like two days packs 17 underwear. And then there's the junior high boy that for a seven-week missions trip packs no underwear. You know what I mean? And both of them are wrong, right? Both of them have their own unique issues. But like how we, how, the baggage that we carry with us, it really does matter. And what we see from the story today is we really do need to deal with our baggage. Because here's the thing, every single call of God to take ground is going to be met at the beginning with the decision about the luggage that we carry, in this series, as God is speaking to each and every one of us about the things that he's wanting you to do in your life or the things he's challenging you to give up or the things he's calling you to do, can I tell you something? At the second there's the sound of his voice and his leading, there is always that comes with it our baggage. And what you carry is a choice. And what you choose to carry will determine what you can and what you will experience. What you carry is a choice. And what you carry will determine what you can and what you will experience. See, God starts speaking to, to Gideon and he's like, mighty warrior. Gideon's like, where? <laughs> it's like, someone sneak in the back door? <laughs> you know, he's like looking around. He's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like mighty warrior in this room? Like not this guy. He, he, God's like, I'm, I'm calling you to step up and to, to lead and help bring deliverance for my people. And Gideon's like, God, are you sure? I'm like, from the least of the tribes. I'm the least in my family. God, do, do you know the baggage that I have? You can't use me. You can't, you can't, you couldn't possibly use me to deliver the, the people of Israel? No way, you, you, there's, there's someone else, right? Same thing happens with Moses. God appears to Moses, Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb, and he, and he looks at Moses and he's like, hey, I've heard the cries of my people. I've seen their distress. I've seen the incredible slavery that they've been through. The, the, their prayers have reached me in heaven and I'm gonna respond and here's how I'm responding. I'm sending you Moses and Moses is like, I can't talk good. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, seriously, he's like, God, I, this is not good. <laughs> and God's like, well, who created your mouth? I did. I think I can handle it. In each of these unique stories, what we see here is that the second that God starts to speak to the person he has called to instantaneously, they, they start realizing they've got baggage in their life. And can I tell you something? The problem is this, is that there's a lot of Christians today that their lives look something a little bit like this. They are walking around and they're trying to literally do as much as they possibly can. They're like, I, I've got to... 
There's so much from my past. I gotta keep it all together. Somehow I'll, I'll just kick it as I go along, right? And everywhere they go, they've got so much with them. And can I tell you something? Listen to me. What you hang on to determines how far you can go, right? I don't know about you, but I can't climb a hill with this. I can't go far with this. Though in the moment, I can handle this. And if someone will help me, I might even be able to pull that one off. Grady, can you come here real quick? Tuck that puppy under this arm. Yes, we're going to go for it. Let's see what we can do here. There we go. So for a distance, oh, I can carry it all, right? But not far. And not long. And also, more importantly, if you, whoop, there went my microphone. If you need help, how am I to help you? I can't. Everything is so heavy in my hands, I'm not able to even remotely help you. I've got so much stuff that I'm hanging on to, there's no possible way I could be any service to anybody else. Can I tell you something? Unfortunately, that's the look of many a Christian today. And it looks something a lot like this. I can't let go of it. This is partially who I am. See, the truth is this, is we've got to deal with the baggage that we keep. What you carry is a choice and what you carry will determine where and when and how far you can go. And what you choose to carry can stop you from experiencing what was intended. How many of you know you carry the wrong thing in your luggage and you show up to the airport? You ain't getting on the plane. <laughs> There's certain items, you put it in your luggage, and guess what? You're never even making it to your destination because of what you chose to carry with you. And can I tell you something, man? Listen to me. One of the greatest tricks of the enemy is he loves to just pile on your baggage. He just loves to try to pile on the things that you think you need to keep with you. And it gets heavy. It gets tiring. I remember watching one professor, and he looked at his college class, and he, he asked them, and he said, how heavy is this cup of water? So they're shouting out, like, you know, oh, it's like 12 ounces, blah, 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 blah. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, the weight of it is determined by how long you hold it. You hold a glass out like this for just a matter of a couple seconds and not too bad. Hold it this way for an hour and your arm starts to shake, the pain of carrying it. Hold it for a day, your muscles are screaming with uncontrollable pain because of the amount... There's a lot of us, the enemy has you bound and in pain, having no desire to take ground and step into what you're called to do because what he has instead is instead of seeing what God is calling you to, where he's calling you to go, or what you're hearing from him, you're so tightly holding on to the baggage. Think about it. God looks at Moses and he's like, hey, I've got a call in your life. <laughs> Moses is like, I'm in. You want to take me to England, Northern Africa, Asia, anywhere? God's like, Egypt. He's like, nope. <laughs> like, think about it, honestly. Like, <coughs> you name any spot on the planet, and Moses would have been like, I'm down for it. But the second God says Egypt, he's like, wait, you want me to go back to my 
my, 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 my brokenness, the place of my darkest sin, the place where I've committed murder, the place where I'm known, where the place where people know my past, the place, no, 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 God, like, how about Asia? <laughs> how about any of those places, God, but definitely not Egypt? And then you've got, you've got Gideon. Uh, let's just be real here, okay? Gideon's a coward, right? When, when God shows up, Gideon is threshing in a wine press, He's hiding. He's over here like, is anyone looking? You know, he's doing his thing. He's terrified that the enemy's going to find him. And God shows up and he's like, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, where? He's terrified. God's like, I'm calling you. And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. It can't be me. It's got to be somebody else. Just hear me, Okay. If we don't deal with our baggage, it will determine what we can do and what we can even believe that God can do through our lives. See, I think this is the truth, is that too often times we sanitize the story, we forget that the biblical characters were actually human just like us. Moses and Gideon Listen to me, they, they had an encounter with God's presence, with his voice, and with his call, but they acted much like we do because they showed up with the wrong luggage. They showed up, and if we're not careful, we can end up being just like Moses where our voice will end up saying, Lord, send anyone but me. The truth is, is that God's got a design and plan for you. So let's take a look at our baggage. Our luggage can look like a bunch of different things. First, it can look like our past. If you're wondering why is Pastor just picking up the same one, this is the lightest one, folks. So, <laughs> tested it earlier. Our past. God speaks to you and he's like, hey, I've got a plan for you. There's something this year that I'm calling you to that I want you to do without even realizing it instantaneously we pick up and we go, oh, hang on, but God, like, you, you can't use me. You don't, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know the way that I've hurt people. You, God, you, you, you have no clue what I've been through. Like, there's, there's no way you could possibly use me. We just hold on to that. Or there's accusations. Our past can also create accusations, can't it? Did you hear Gideon? Remember from the opening reading? Hey, God, if you're really for us, where are all those miracles? Where's the way you moved with our ancestors? Because it sure feels to me like you've abandoned us. Do you realize that in this moment, God's like, I'm about to perform a miracle in your midst, and I'm going to use you. And Gideon's like, no, you can't because I haven't seen any. He's so holding on to his past and he's throwing out accusations of God that like it's holding him even from what God isn't necessarily calling to. Then there's disbelief. Some of you, you're like, I've tried and I failed. I've tried and I failed. And I've tried and I failed. And I've tried and I failed. And I just, I just don't believe that God can do it in me. And you've given up believing that God can set you free from whatever that is. But God brought you here today for a reason because there's freedom in this place. 
where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is liberty. Maybe it's excuses. Long time ago when you were at some point in your walk with God, God whispered something. He challenged you to do. But you said no. And you had your excuses. And you took your excuses and you kind of wrapped them tightly around you. And you've been living for the last decades holding on to those. And so now as he continues to speak, you're like, God, I can't. I remember when you said it back there, but like I, I've, I've become one with my excuses. You can't use me. Like God, there's no possible way. Or maybe it's the places where we've tried and we've failed and we've tried and we've failed. Or maybe, maybe it's the distractions. The enemy is great at bringing distractions into our life. God starts to speak to you about doing something or accomplishing for his name and we get distracted. Let's go to the next list. Here's a big one. Maybe your luggage is the words of others. You go all the way back to your childhood, to a parent that looked at you and said, you're never going to amount to anything, that they don't even love you. Maybe you're worthless in their eyes. Maybe it wasn't a parent. Maybe it was someone at school or something that you went through that suddenly now, without even realizing it, in every single relationship, including the one with God that you're in, you carry with you everything that they said. And you own it as if it's you. And so the second someone starts to look at you and they're like, oh, I love you and I believe in great things, instantaneously you almost take a step back from them. It's like a gut-wrenching, almost knee-jerk reaction where you're like, I, I can't even believe that because look what they said. Right? And we carry that baggage. And God starts to speak to you and he's like, my beloved son and daughter that I care so much about. I've got great plans for your life. And part of us just almost goes, I don't even want to hear them because I can't even believe that they're true. God, I don't even want you to speak because I'm scared because you don't even know what they said. Maybe your baggage is the lack of intention and motivation where you've desired comfort and pleasure. Or maybe it's blatant sin. Can I tell you something? That's, that's the story of Gideon. God shows up on the scene and he looks at him and he says, Almighty man of valor, I'm calling you to be a part of my plan of rescuing your people, but you and your family, you own some altars to some false gods and you need to deal with it. You need to deal with the baggage before you can do what I'm calling you to do. As you look at your heart today, as, as you're wrestling with this, can I tell you something? Listen to me. The great issue is if we don't look at our baggage, the sum total of keeping the wrong one is found in Exodus 4.13. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. God looks at Moses and he's like, I'm using you. You're going to rescue my people. You're going to lead them out of Egypt. And Moses is like, God, please send anyone else but me. How many of you are thankful that we've got a God that meets us even there? 
Amen? That even when we're like, man, I'm ready to give up. I don't think I can do it. That God's still in that moment going, no, 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 I've got you. Listen to me. We are trying to skip out on the invitation of a lifetime and the call to great spiritual growth and adventure. God today, I believe, listen to me, that he is calling every person in our church to take ground in your life, in your family, and for us together as a church. God has, he will, and he's going to move and completely change lives for the sake of his great name and for this kingdom. But the question is this, will you come with your bags dropped? Will you come with a heart that says, God, I want more of you. And I'm willing to lay down what I've held on to. See, the truth is this. We need to lose the baggage. In Jesus, we have the ability to drop our bags. Jesus said this, come to me all you who are weary and who carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. I don't know if you know this, but if you try to walk around with these for any length of time... You're going to need some rest. We need to lose the baggage. You know, sometimes what's really interesting is our baggage can have baggage, can't it? This one, when I opened it up, it's got my, my daughter's frozen suitcase. Right? She's like, Daddy, don't you dare break my suitcase in church today. <laughs> We got to lose the baggage. I love this. God shows up. He looks at Gideon and he's like, you're a mighty warrior. This is what I see in you, even though you've never picked up a sword yet. And I can do it in you. I can do it in you. But then he looks at him and he says, now, see, you and your family, you've had this altar to the false god Baal and you've had this Asher tree And he looks at Gideon and he's like, you know, your first act of war is not picking the sword up in your hand, but actually picking the axe up in your hand and going to chop the tree down. You see, the truth is what what God is literally saying to Gideon is he's going, listen, you want to do what I'm calling you to do. First, deal with the idols in your life. You want to go where I'm calling you to go. You want to do what I'm calling you to do. You want to see me take ground for you and God's people. Then listen to me. Gideon, take care of your baggage. You need to drop it. And not only that, but listen to me. This is what's so cool is that as Gideon was faithful to do that, did you notice what God said? He goes, listen, I want you to tear down the altar to Baal, chop up the Asherah tree, and then whenever you create an altar to me. I want you to burn the Asherah tree on the altar to me as an act of worship. As you deal with your baggage, listen to me, it's an act of worship. It's an act of worship to the king saying, I trust that you're better than this. And so I willingly lay it down. Listen, we need to lose the baggage. Christ's finished work on the cross is the greatest evidence that we need 
Christ challenges us to let go of our past, our accusations, our disbelief, our excuses, the times we've tried and failed, the distractions, the words of others, the lack of intention, of motivation, the desire for comfort and pleasure and blatant sin. He calls us to lay that down for the sake of stepping into what he has called us to do. We need to embrace the call to take ground. You need to trust in God's call and God's power over our ability and even over our luggage and realize that he will equip us. We need to give our lives over to his plan and to believe him to use us. Are you preparing and packing the right things? This is what what I love. This is how cool our God is. Every person in the room, you have this. Every person in the room, this is that sin you are most ashamed of. This is that moment that you wish you could go back, hit rewind. This is the one that hurt the people the most that's around you. This is the one that has affected you. This is, this is the big one, okay? This is what's so cool about our God, though. When we come and we lay it at his feet, what the enemy meant to be weight to stop our journey now becomes tool for our journey. Sounds something like this. The Apostle Paul, his was the fact I literally held the coats while the first Christian martyr was murdered right in front of me. And I looked on with a smile on my face and decided I was going to set my entire life against destroying this thing called Christianity in the way. With glee in his heart, he ripped people from their homes and threw them in jail for following Jesus. He watched people be murdered. Can I tell you something? That's a pretty big bag. That's a bag that whenever the enemy comes in and goes, hey, Paul, I want you to be a missionary, it'd be really easy for him to go... Well, do you know what I did? Were you asleep during that moment? Like, no, this is what I love. Instead, it becomes a tool. Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. So that he can look at any person and be like, you know what? You think God can't use you? My life was devoted to destroying this thing called Christianity, but God's grace is made perfect even in my weakness. And he has taken my past and he has unleashed my future. And I am now a servant of the king. What the enemy meant for evil, God took it and used it for good. Listen to me, the thing that you are most ashamed of, God can take as part of your story and turn it into astounding beauty for his glory. We need to embrace the call that this year we need to take ground. Listen, God has a plan for you. He's got a plan for your family. He's got a plan for our church to do some things that is designed to see the glory of God be seen. We need to prepare. Are we packing the right things? I've got a, this is a true, but it's it's also a funny story. So at at our Muncie campus, I'm a good friend of mine. His name's Pastor Jeff. He's the senior adult ministries pastor there. Great guy. He's hilarious. Um, we're on our way, on a, heading on a missions trip, getting ready to go to Honduras, okay? Um, we're in vans at like 3 a.m. in the morning, driving to the airport from Muncie 
to the airport. If you know that drive, it's about an hour and a half. It's not a fun drive at 3 o'clock in the morning. We're trying to get there to catch our flight. We're 10 minutes out from the airport. I'm in the first van with him, and the van behind me is Pastor Kyle with, like, the other half of the team. And I just feel this little tap, 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 tap on my shoulder, and I'm like, what's going on? I look behind me, and it's Pastor Jeff, and he looks at me, and he's like, hey. I'm like, hey. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep here. And he's like, just confirming, Pastor Kyle has all of our passports, right? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you're funny, Pastor Jeff. He's like, no, I'm not joking. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> all of us have our own passports. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, I thought Kyle had them. And I'm like, no. We start panicking. We're making phone calls. We're trying, I mean, we're 10 minutes out. Thankfully, our plane was massively delayed. We've got people in cars driving 90 miles an hour down the highway trying to get there in time with this passport. Because let me tell you something, without that, he's not getting on the plane. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. To step into taking ground for the kingdom of God, it's going to take two things. Number one, it's going to take you've got to put down your bags. But it also takes belief to go, God can use me. Some of you listen to me for the longest time. You've thought salvation was enough. I'm in church. I'm a Christian. I show up. Like God can use other people. Like I'm, I'm just thankful that I'm saved. No, no, no. God wants to use you. There is someone in your life that God has designed and specifically called you to reach. Listen, that document, that passport, it granted us access to a destination. Your belief that God can and will use you is so important to be like, okay, God, I'm trusting you. Not my abilities, not my efforts, not that I can pull it off because I know that I can't. But God, I'm trusting that you're calling me. Listen to me. I want to talk about taking ground in 2023. There's three areas that I believe that God is calling us to take ground in, and that's for, for you personally. The first would be death to your sin and growth in your walk with Christ. Today, I believe that God is calling some of you today. There's something in your life right now that God is saying, it's time to drop it. Or it can be also something, and I believe that he's going to flesh this out in the series. There's something where God's going to be looking at you and he's saying, hey, it is time for you to step up into what I'm calling you to do. Secondly, for your family. Do you realize that others are watching you? The things that you do, the choices that you make has lasting impact and influence. As our children see us both lay down our luggage, but also step into what God has called us to do, it sets a precedent for them for their life. But then also for our church. In just a moment, our ushers in the back, they're going to come and they're going to give you, I'm just considering like our spiritual passport. We're going to pass these out today. On this piece of paper, it just says, it says this, your battle. What needs to die, what needs to grow, and who's fighting with you? 
Every person in this room, I pray that you would know what in your life needs to die, what needs to grow, who's fighting with you. And it's got this spot that just says your reach three. Reach three is just three people you're praying for every day saying, God, I'm praying that they would come to know you, Jesus. It could be friends, coworkers, family members, loved ones. Three people that were praying to know Jesus this year. And then on the back of it, this is kind of like us as a church. This is what I'm praying that we're collectively gonna come around and pray for, believe for, and take ground for. 36 people we're praying for this year will come to know Jesus. How cool would it be if on December 31st this year, 36 people who had never known Jesus were brought into the kingdom because this church prayed and believed that God is Lord of the harvest, right? Come on, what's more exciting than seeing people come to know Jesus? Do we pray for that? Do we ask God, God, use us, use our lives for your glory? So what we're gonna do is, this is what I want you to do, is the ushers come forward, they're gonna pass these out to everyone. Again, it asks you, and I wanna encourage you, put this on your fridge, put it in your Bible, put it wherever you look at the most so that this year, this is, because you're gonna hear talking, talking um, about taking ground a lot this year. But what I want you to do is I want this to become something that is just buried in your heart. What is something that, again, this year I'm believing God's gonna help me get through. What's something that needs to grow in my life? What's something that, who's someone who's fighting with me in this battle? Who's people that I'm praying for to come to know Jesus? Because how cool would it be if some of those 36 people, what if they were your reach three? Praying for lives changed and stories altered. But here's how I want us to close. Would you stand with me this morning and we're gonna bring the, the lights down. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second. I wanna pray over you. Spirit of the living God. You are good. You are kind and you are faithful. Jesus, in these next few moments, I ask that you would allow your presence to be felt in this room, maybe in a way that someone has never even felt you before, that they would feel that beautiful, gentle tug of your spirit pulling on the strings of their heart. Because God, what I have known about you as my father is that you are good and you are kind and you are faithful. You never abandon, you never give up and you never fail. And so in this place, I pray that God, freedom would reign in a unique way. In your mighty name we pray, amen. In just a second, we're gonna engage in war. worship we make war at the heart level but, but hear me out if I can have all eyes on me for just a second some of you listen to me you've held on for so long 
tightened so tight, you're almost scared of who you would be without it. Without that anger, without that unforgiveness, without that temptation, it almost feels like it's a part of you. Can I tell you something though? Listen to me, just hear me. Your father loves you too, too much to have you keep holding on to the burden. When I see my kids, if they're ever carrying something super heavy, listen to me. Dad wants to come running because I don't want the weight to crush them. Neither does your father. He wants you running free. Free indeed. Today is supposed to be a day, listen to me, where idols fall. And what I'm praying for you is that as you make war this morning, that you wouldn't pick up the sword today maybe, but you'd pick up the axe. And whatever the Asherah tree is in your life, that you would realize that God has already declared you to be a mighty warrior. He's got big things for you in your future. He's got plans for you this year. But today, you got to deal with the baggage. And I'm pleading with you. Don't miss this moment. Don't pray, God, use someone else. Don't pray, God, I don't think I've got what it takes. Don't pray. Listen to me. Today, say, God, I've surrendered. <laughs> when I look in, I don't see much, but evidently you want it, so it's yours. <laughs> and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe, and we're going to ask that God would move and bring healing in this place. Here's what it's going to look like. Just a second, the band's going to lead us in some songs. If you noticed, we only sang two songs at the beginning. We did that with intention so that we could spend some time here in the presence of God, seeking his face. <coughs> Here's what I'm going to ask. I want you to respond in some way. You can just worship, and that could be your response. You can pray at your seat, but these altars are going to be open. And can I just be real with you? There's something, and I don't know fully how to explain it. There's something powerful when you make a move and say, okay, God, I'm responding to what you're calling me to. And so today, I'm going to encourage you, maybe find a place here at the altar. If you're kneeling and praying, everyone will leave you alone. No one's going to pray with you. No one's going to like put their hand on you. But if you want prayer, come and stand. If you're standing up here, that means someone's going to pray for you, okay? So if you want someone today to be like, hey, I want someone fighting with me, come stand. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe. But if you're like, hey, no, no, this is something I'm just kind of funny to kneel. But we're going to spend some time in prayer. We're going to seek God's face together. So would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, we come before you in this place today and we ask that you would do a work that only you can do, Jesus. God, we pray that lives would be changed, stories would be altered as people encounter you. God, I pray that idols will fall in the name of Jesus this morning because you have big plans. God, this is a year of taking ground, of pushing back darkness. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be courage and boldness in this room. God, I pray that they would hear the sound of their father in heaven saying, my son, my daughter, I love you. I'm for you but I love you too much just to let you walk in pain and in darkness carrying all this baggage. 
And so Jesus, today we pray there'd be a sweet sense of your presence in this room. And God, I pray for boldness that we would respond in your mighty name. Amen. Just a second, the band's going to play. Um, I don't know if my parents are in the room or not. Dad, you want to come up? If we can have a couple other of our senior saints um, be willing to come up and pray with people as they respond, I would appreciate that. Um, Dave, if you'd come up. I can't really see anybody because the lights are blasting me in the face. But if, but if, if you're one of the senior saints, you've been around the church for quite a while and so again, if you want prayer, come find one of us up front. If you want just to pray and spend some time alone in the presence of God, find a place to kneel. But can I tell you something? We're about to make war. And I'm asking you, please, don't miss this moment. Wherever you're at, what have you been carrying on for far too long? That today, the Holy Spirit, you know that you know that you know he's whispered to your soul. Today it needs to go. Let's do it. Maybe you need to come forward, not necessarily even for you, but maybe you've got a son or daughter or a family member or even a parent that is far from God and you've just been pleading this past year, God, draw them to you. And you want to stand in the gap for them today. Come, come up. Let's pray for them. Stand in the gap for them. But let's take these next few moments and let's seek the face of God and let's believe that this is a year of taking ground. So as they start to play here in just a second, can I plead with you, don't hesitate. You know if the Holy Spirit's been tugging on your heart. You know if he's been pulling. Do not hesitate. Find a place to pray. Come to the altar. Come up front for prayer. But let's pray and believe that God's going to do some mighty things in our midst. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every Cause I know there's peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break
Shout Jesus from the mountains And Jesus in the streets And Jesus in the darkness Over every enemy And Jesus for my family I speak the holy name of Jesus
at today, would you just stand with me as we bring this to a close? We're going to pray. Here's what I would like you to do is wherever you're at, if you would just take your hands and just extend them out in front of you, but with your palms facing down. This is meant to be a sign for you. There's no, it's like, there's no hokey, weird formula that's going on or anything like this. But if your hands are open facing down, you can't hold on to anything, can you? Amen. This is the sign of what it looks like when you drop something. When you've been holding on to something for a long time and you let go, it drops. And that's what we're praying for today. Listen to me. Wherever you're at, I don't know your story. I don't know. The person next to you doesn't even, they might be your spouse. They don't even know your full story. But you do. And so does God. Whatever you've been carrying on, we are praying that today there be freedom in the name of Jesus. Father, we come before you, Lord, with open hands, saying, God, no more excuses, no more hanging on to the past, no more saying, God, you can't use me because, no more going, Lord, I... I want to choose excuses and comfort over your calling. No more blatant sin going, I just want to do my will, my way, what I want. God, today I relinquish it. I drop it at the feet of Jesus. Now flip your hands over so that, God, I can receive you. God, what I want to carry is your presence. I want to carry the calling that you've placed upon my life. I want to carry the things that you've spoken over me that are true and good, that I'm your child or I'm your son, your daughter that you dearly love. And so, God, today, I want to receive those very things. 
Lord, today I pray that we would be a people, that we would be a church, that we would be families, that we would be a group of people that says, God, I want to follow you and I want to take ground in the name of Jesus. And that, Lord, today you would use us to do that very thing. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Before we leave this morning, um, hear your pastor's heart. I plead with you. Drop your bags. Run free. If at all possible, be here the next few weeks. I really believe that God has got a ser- this series. He, there's some things he's calling us towards to do individually, in our families, and as, a, as part of the church that we're praying and believing that God's going to really do in our midst. Next week, we're going to look at what does it look like to have the expectation for him to do those things? What does our outlook look like to take ground. I really hope you don't miss it. I, I, I believe that God's got, like I said, a, a series of messages here that I'm, let's make sure we're, we're leaving today with bags dropped.